Hi, my name is Erica, and welcome to Rethinking Reality. This is our third episode, and today we are going to ask and hopefully answer the question, is there one objective reality? Is there such a thing as a reality that we share with other people? I'm going to say no, and I want you to understand why. First, let's look at it from a theoretical perspective, and then I want to tell you about the experiences that I've had that have proven to me that there is not such a thing as one reality. People might think that this is really purely a theoretical question and maybe one that doesn't actually have much relevance to your day-to-day life. Personally, I think that could not be further from the truth. I think a lot of the pain that we endure Uh, with other people in our relationships, just a lot of the problems in the world come down to people disagreeing on what reality is and believing that there is a reality we should be agreeing on, that we need to convince other people that our reality is correct and theirs is wrong. And if people disagree with us on reality, they are crazy or lying or mistaken. Of course, you know, we're all familiar with the idea that things can appear differently to different people based off of your interpretation, your perception of it, how how you read a situation. And this is usually when I bring this topic up to people, that's how people respond to me. Like, oh, of course, you know, people interpret things in different ways. What I thought about this situation may not be what they thought. And that's really not what I'm talking about because that idea still allows for the belief that there is just one thing everyone is seeing and hearing and then they're just interpreting it different ways when I do not think we are all seeing and hearing the same things when we interact with each other. When we chalk it up to interpretation or perspective, there's still room to blame the other person. There's still room for personal fault. You know, if we think that that person's perspective is wrong, if we think that that is something we should be disagreeing about, or if someone's perspective is reflective of who they are and their morals, then we're really not coming any closer to the realization that two people are not experiencing the same thing. I believe, and I think you can prove this to yourself, I will tell you how, that when you are having a conversation with someone, they may not be hearing you the way you are hearing you. Literally, the voice you hear coming out of your mouth is not the voice they hear coming out of your mouth, and vice versa. And this is where a lot of miscommunication stems from. When you really think about it, it starts to feel silly, this idea that there is a real world we are looking at, that we are seeing what is truly happening, we are hearing what is truly happening. And this is just something that everyone will receive the same information through their eyes and ears. When you look at a table, it looks like the table is a certain distance in front of you, that it is a solid thing in the room you can see, but you're not actually seeing something that is out in front of you. You are seeing a projection on your own eyeballs in your brain. You are only ever seeing things in your own mind, ever. And that's what everyone else is doing. So if anything, it's incredibly unlikely that we would all be seeing 
the same thing all the time. It's very unlikely that our eyes and our brains are all interpreting all of the signals we're getting the same way all the time. Because of course, when we look at that table in the room, we are not seeing everything that exists between us and that table. We're not seeing everything about that table. We're not seeing everything in the room. We have a certain spectrum of visible light. We have certain ways our brains focus and process information. There is a lot of weeding out. There is a lot, most of what is going on, we are not seeing. So we may have a lot of overlap and similarities in what we're seeing, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the same. We think we all know what the Earth looks like, right? You can close your eyes, get a picture of planet Earth in your mind. But if you are a being that sees in infrared or sees ultraviolet, the very topography of the Earth will look different to you. That is a completely different planet. But of course, all those same signals exist all the time that ours do. That Earth exists at the exact same time ours does in the same place. So all we can say is what the Earth looks like to us. We cannot say that it looks a certain way, that it has a certain appearance. It doesn't. And we would like to think that, you know, if you disagree with somebody, you're telling a story with a friend, an event you were both at, and you guys disagree on the details. And you think, oh, if only we could just go back and you know, get a replay, we could see it. One of us would be right. One of these things actually happened. There is one sequence of events that actually happened. But that isn't true. Whose eyes are you looking through? Because if you even think of it as a camera, have you ever seen one of those pictures? It's two pictures of the same person from the same angle with a different lens. It can look like two different people. It is always dependent on perspective. You could think of that thing that was on social media post probably like seven years ago at this point. <laughs> but I think people, a lot of people remember, but uh, is this dress white and gold or blue and black? If you uh, didn't know about that, there's this picture of a dress. And to some people, it like, had stripes. And to some people, this looked like a picture of a white and gold dress. To other people, it looked like a picture of a blue and black dress. Now, obviously, those are very different colors. And so there was a heated debate over it. I mean, people just going hard. No, it's white and gold. No, it's blue and black. For the longest time, I could only see white and gold. It made no sense to me how anyone was looking at that and seeing blue and black. And then I still remember one day, I had just gotten out of a comedy show. I opened my phone. I opened it to Facebook. I still had Facebook at the time. And just, boom, the dress picture's right there on the timeline. Somebody had posted it. And it was blue and black. That time I looked at it, my brain read it as blue and black. And to me, this was fucking awesome. I loved being able to see it the other way. I already knew there wasn't just one answer, that like both ways of seeing it were perfectly valid ways to interpret reality. But to actually be able to see it both ways was really fucking cool. Now you might think that a situation like that has to be rare. 
that's like an optical illusion. It's not something that's happening to us all the time every day, but it is. Because what I really want you to consider is the fact that we are almost never carefully comparing notes with other people about the details of our experiences. Think about the last time like, you had a fight with somebody, somebody you love, someone you care about. Now later you might have talked through it. You're talking about your perspective, their perspective, but a lot of times there will still be fighting. But no, you did say this, you said it this way because you think that there's one thing that happened. And a lot of times, so if it's not someone you love, we will just think this, the other person's lying. They're lying or they're dramatic, they're being disingenuous because to us it is so clear that what they are describing is not the truth because it's not the truth as we lived it or are living it. But a lot of power comes from just trying, trying to believe someone. And this is the thing where I said, I'll, I'll give you a way to find this out for yourself, is you can start talking to people and carefully compare notes of your experiences and just even temporarily for the time being, believe everything they say about their experience of it. Just provisionally trust they are telling you the truth. They are not lying. They're not exaggerating. They're not mistaken. They're not crazy. They are telling you exactly what they experienced. Now tell them exactly what you experienced. They are not going to line up. They are going to diverge in some shocking ways. And that's why we think, well, this other person must be lying. They must be mistaken. Because I know my own senses. I heard this. I was there. I saw this. We trust our own senses so much. We trust our senses above everything. A lot of times we won't trust something until we can experience it with our own senses. We want to see it with our own eyes. And it's a very scary idea that we cannot trust our own senses. That's not an idea most people are comfortable with. But it's a powerful one and a helpful one. And if you can accept it, your life can open up a lot and your understanding of reality can open up a lot because you cannot trust your senses. What you experience is the truth as far as you experience it. It is not an objective truth. If you experience something with someone else, it does not mean they experienced it the same way you did. They did not necessarily see the same things and hear the same things. And that sounds unbelievable until you try <laughs> talking to people. That's why this works best with people you love and trust and know very well. Pick people whose character you deeply know, who you know are trustworthy, honest people who are trying to describe their experience as completely honestly as they can. Somebody who wants to talk this through with you. Someone who you are more likely to trust. And then the thing that's hard is you have to be willing to take the leap to trust them over your own senses. When they say they heard you say this, instead of saying, I didn't say that, you could say, I didn't say that as far as my perspective is concerned. In my reality, I didn't, but believe them that in their reality, you did. The truth is we are all living in our own separate realities. The realities that our minds 
construct from the data, the input that they receive, and the way that they interpret that data. The thing is, this makes a lot of sense. It's perfectly logical. It's not scary or even confusing when you consider the fact that brains really only know how to think the way they think. They only know how to work the way they work, and they cannot imagine working in a different way. They cannot imagine how to think differently than how they think. This is something very, very difficult for brains to do. Now, if you, if you <laughs> really dedicate yourself to understanding how other people think, you really, you talk to people enough, like y- you might be able to, to learn some. But in general, most people have absolutely no idea how other people think. And you don't even know how little you know about how everyone around you is thinking. I really got introduced to this when I realized that I'm autistic. And autism is definitely something that will require its whole own episode. That is a fucking conspiracy if there ever was one. And unless you yourself are autistic and have talked to autistic adults about themselves and how autistic people see ourselves, uh, I, I just guarantee you, 99.9% of you listening have a very incorrect perception of what autism is, what autistic people are. So just whatever thoughts came to your mind as soon as I said I'm autistic, honestly, they're garbage and like you can just ignore them because they're not helpful. <laughs> now, I didn't know that I was autistic for a long time because I didn't realize that everyone didn't think like me. I didn't realize, in essence, that everyone wasn't autistic because the way I think makes perfect, complete fucking sense to me. And it took a long time for me to have sort of (laughs) this big realization I had when I finally figured out that other people's brains were operating fundamentally differently from mine and thinking in ways that made absolutely no fucking sense to me and that that was the majority of people. (laughs) One of the very strange things that I experienced talking about uh, the neurotypes, neurodiversity, is that in general, people will not believe me when I describe how one neurotype thinks if it's not theirs. They believe me when I describe theirs because they know that that's how they think. When I describe how other ones think, they do not believe me because they think that's not possible. But I cannot tell you how fucking trippy it is to have autistic people tell me I must be lying or incorrect about neurotypicals and neurotypicals tell me I must be lying or incorrect about autistic people but everyone agrees I'm right about them so that just means I'm right (laughs) sorry our brains can only process information the way they process information we really don't have a way to process stuff we don't understand we have to fit it into the way our brain already works and to me, like, this is an, an explanation of why throughout the centuries, you know, some people thought that they were seeing angels and other people would say those were aliens. Now, why did that appear as the Virgin Mary to someone? Because even if that thing they saw didn't look anything like the Virgin Mary, if we saw it, we, you know, we wouldn't think so. Their brain had absolutely no way to process this brand new sight they were seeing but it had to show them something it has to figure out something and so it uses what it knows and all of our brains do this we can't digest information we weren't built to 
Like if you and I were, let's say you could airdrop a thought to someone else's brain and a bat airdrops echolocation into your brain, you won't be able to do it. (laughs) Your brain will interpret it some other way. Either it'll be, hmm, I don't know. I, it's nothing. It didn't work. Or maybe it would try to interpret it as sound or try to interpret it as vision. And then maybe one person's brain interprets it as like the Doppler effect sounds and someone else's brain interprets it as fuzzy dots. And then you're going to argue about whether this thing you just experienced was boop, boop, boop sounds or fuzzy dots. But no, it was neither. It was echolocation and neither of your brains can do it. So that's the best you could do to understand it. And that's fine. That's normal. That's normal for every living creature that we know of. No one kind of brain is intended to see everything, think in every kind of way, perceive everything in every way all the time. That's, as far as we know, not really the point of being a living being. And we think that our senses are about our bodily parts, you know, and how they work. We, we think that our vision is about our eyes and our optical nerve and our brain, but it's really more complicated than that in ways that we still don't understand on a scientific level. I read something in The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot, which I really recommend, by the way, that was really fascinating to me. And uh, so there was this study where they cut the optic nerves of cats which, you know, not cool, I don't approve, but what they found is cool, sorry. They could cut 99% of a cat's optic nerve and the cat can still see, full vision. Because somehow that's not how vision works. You don't like lose part of your vision if you lose part of your optic nerve. There's, it still comes through as an entire picture. It's similar to how we've been unable to figure out how memory works in the brain. We haven't been able to figure out like where memory is stored in the brain or are certain memories stored in certain places in the brain. Early research uh, showed that that was the case or was most likely the case. But as time goes on, we just haven't been able to find that. And we haven't been able to find like you can't damage a certain part of your brain and lose a certain genre of your memories, you know? It's just not so simple that our senses and the functions of our brain work as far as just they take place in a certain organ or a certain part of that organ, and then they use these chemical or electrical processes, and then boom, boom, bam, you get a result. Like, that's just not how it works. So I promised that I would share my personal experience. And if you are new to this podcast or new to me as a person, I have had uh, (laughs) the most surreal year of my life. I've had so many things happen this year that I just, I didn't think were possible that had never happened to me before. And I mean, there's a reason I'm starting this podcast this year, and it's because I have to process all of the things that I have seen and experienced and learned. And I had, I had a couple interactions that I have gone over beat by beat with the people I experienced them with. And this is when I found out that to, to me, this is beyond a shadow of a doubt. We did not see and hear the same thing at the same time. 
we didn't. These were incredibly personal interactions with people I'm very close to. So there's a lot of details I'm not going to give just out of respect for their privacy and who knows, maybe, maybe my privacy too. I don't know. But the, the context is I got very, very sick. I got sick in a way that I've never been sick before and I still do not know what happened. I may never know what happened. If there is an explanation that fits within the rules of this reality, I have not found it. I am not sure that one exists. I have had to leave the rules of this reality behind in order to understand my experience at all. But one thing that happened while I was sick, it's like, here's how sick I was. First of all, I almost died several times very acutely almost died. And I was sick, was intensely sick for about four months. So like th this ruined my entire life. And while I was very sick, a family member who I am really close to came to visit. This is somebody I've known my whole life. Um, I love very much. They love me very much. And we had been really close. I was really looking forward to her visiting. She was looking forward to the visit. It should have gone so much better than it did, but it, it went terribly. Like it, it went about as bad as a visit can go. And we had these unbelievable miscommunications the entire time where it seemed impossible to talk to each other and actually like be heard by the other person the way that we were talking. And we were both trying. So it's not like, this is no one's fault. It's not like we weren't listening. We were both trying our absolute hardest to communicate with each other and were absolutely failing. Now, one thing that happened is, so I was trying to figure out what was going on with me because I was so sick that it was really worrisome and I had to figure out what to do. I didn't know what to do to take care of myself so that I could get better because I didn't know what was wrong. So I was trying to figure out what was wrong. But also when she came to visit, I was so sick that my brain wasn't working super well all the time. Like I was just, you know, I, was, I had a lot of brain fog. I felt slow. Conversation was exhausting. I had a lot of unbelievable headaches. I would have to lay down a lot because I was so fatigued and I was in so much pain. And I, I remember one conversation particularly where I told her that I had found a potential explanation for some of the symptoms I was going through. And this was a big relief to me because some of the things that would happen, they didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand them. I didn't understand how do these symptoms even go together? How does this happen? So to find any kind of like a logical explanation, a sequence of events was first of all, helpful in understanding just that this is a thing that can happen. Like I'm I'm not crazy and a potential like way to look to figure out how to get better. So I was looking at, at you know every avenue and I I told her 
you know, the, this, uh, this research I had done, these couple possibilities I'd figured out. And I could tell she was hearing me saying, I have this. I figured out what it is. I know what it is. This is what I have. Because she kept saying back to me, like, well, you know, let's not do anything drastic until we know for sure. Let's not like get ahead of ourselves. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that I have this there. I would require blood tests. Like this is not something I can know for sure on my own. I cannot figure that out by myself. So I'm absolutely not saying that this is it, but this could be it. And then she just say the same thing back, you know, like, you know, well, I, I didn't know. And, um, you know, so I shouldn't take any medicine for that. And I was just like, wh why, why is this happening? It was surreal. And I've, I've talked this through with her and it was absolutely her experience that I was saying, I figured out what it is. I have this. And so from her perspective, she kept hearing me say, all these different things. I have this. I have this. I figured out I have this, which is not what I was saying. But like, even while the miscommunication was happening, I couldn't get her to be able to hear what I was saying because she was not hearing the words I was saying. And it's not that she wasn't listening. And it is certainly not that she didn't care. This is still, if she it looks back in her memory. This is, that is still how she remembers it. Like at, at this point, you know, we've, we've talked it through and she believes me that that's not what happened from my perspective and that neither of us can just like trust our memory of the situation to be the truth of it. But still, when we <laughs> access our own memories, we remember, we still remember it very, very differently. Now, it wasn't always one way. It wasn't always her misunderstanding me because we also had some conversations where now I know what I was hearing was not what she was doing. So we had a couple like fights that were absolutely shocking to me because she talked to me in ways I have never heard her talk to me with cruelty in her voice. I've never heard. And my roommate was there at the same time. She also heard this. So she also heard this person I love talking to me in this unbelievably cruel way. So the explanation also can't be that I was sick and not in my right mind and not able to perceive things correctly because my roommate and I perceived that situation the same way. There was a night when both my roommate and I got in a fight with my family member and this person I love, my family member, was talking in this tone of voice I'd never heard from her. I've heard from other people and even other people in our family, but never from her. This very, it's, just, it, it's a different voice. It's not her voice. It's like, it's a mean voice, a patronizing one and kind of a crazy one. And her eyes were really wide and she was standing way too close to me and she was kind of freaking me out. And this was the same for my my roommate. My roommate was also really freaked out by it. And then after the you know the trip ended, my family member went home. My you know, my roommate and I we we discussed this a lot. Just like what the fuck happened? Like we had no idea that she was like that. And it was like I had to rethink my entire life 
and everything I knew about this person. And then because we are close and we love each other, we ended up talking this shit through. And let me tell you, it was very hard because we both had a lot of hurt feelings. It was very traumatic for both of us. So it took a while to be able to get to the point where we could really figure out, I was not hearing you the way you were talking and you were not hearing me the way I was talking. And like she was shocked that my roommate even heard her the same way that I did. Because then she told me from her perspective what she was saying, you know, and what tone of voice she was using. And then I, I understood a lot more how things looked from her perspective because when she said this, her explanation did fit with the person I know. I was like, okay, that does make sense with everything I know about you and what kind of person you are and how you feel about me. That makes a lot more sense than what I experienced of you. So I believe you, but also I know I saw what I saw and I heard what I heard. And so I, I cannot hold that against this person I love because it's not what they did. My experience of what they did was not what they did. And now here's the clincher. Here's what really, this is when I've really figured out something fucking weird is going on. So through all this time, my roommate and I were experiencing things the same way. We're very much on the same page. She was a huge support to me. And then she and I started miscommunicating and we started having a hard time getting through to each other. And then we had a fight this one night, which is really weird because we don't have fights. Like that's not what our friendship is like. We've never had fights. So it's surreal just to be having a fight. And it started off really strange too, because um, she had been out with friends. I was really excited to tell her some good news when she got home. And then she, this is my perspective, <laughs> she seemed like really just like surprisingly not happy to hear it, not happy to talk to me. Like I was annoying her even by talking to her. She was saying, you know, I just had this fun night out and basically like now you're ruining it. And she was crying. She was talking in this tone of voice I have never heard from her. She was making faces I've never seen from her. It was like this person I didn't know. I could tell she was really, really emotional. And so I was trying to be as like calming as possible. And like, I'm, I'm trying to speak to her softly, slowly, my most loving voice. And then she says at one point that like, I'm freaking her out because I'm standing too close to her and I sound manic and my eyes are wide and that I sound just like my family member when she had been visiting. And that is when it clicked because I knew I wasn't doing that. I knew it. And I knew also my family member said she wasn't doing that when I experienced her doing that. And this is a family member who probably doesn't have like manic episodes or anything. So it's, it was really fucking weird when I had experienced this coming from my family member. And now my roommate was experiencing it coming from me. So now here's the same interaction. I've been on both sides of it. I've been the person who thinks someone else is talking crazy and scary. And now someone thinks I'm talking crazy and scary. And I know that like I trust and believe 
my family member that that is not how she was talking. And that makes sense because I've never heard her talk that way. It's not how she talks. And so I have to accept in this moment that as real as it was to me when I saw my family member that way, that is as real as it is to my roommate right now that she's seeing me that way. And so then I realize the way I'm seeing her might not be what she's doing either. So then I tell her, I'm actually not talking like that. And I'm actually like seven feet away from you. <laughs> and from my perspective right now, like you are like doing this really whiny voice and crying and like, are you doing that? And she said, no. And this was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Literally one of the most difficult experiences is I'm talking to her and I'm seeing her crying and whining. All of this is coming out in this whiny voice. Like, you know, so, I don't know. Like, that's a really bad impression. But it was like a spoiled princess who's like feeling so sad for herself. And it's just like, you know, a, a kind of, yeah, like a spoiled brat sort of voice. Which, once again, that was the worst impression of it. And I kind of just regret doing it. But I hope... <laughs> It somewhat gets across my point that like, this is the voice I'm hearing her talk in. And, and even the facial expressions she's making are just the same, like looking at me with just disdain. But I listen to her words and she tells me that she's not doing that. And I tell her that I'm not doing what she thinks I'm doing. And so we say, I think we have to just listen to exactly the words that we are saying and trust and believe the words and not believe our own senses at all. We cannot believe our own interpretation, even though like that is so hard. Can you imagine someone, you know, if I say, I love you, like, does that feel like nice? No, you feel like you're being yelled at. But what if I'm not yelling at you and you have to just listen to my words and totally ignore the fact that I'm yelling at you? Like, that's really fucking hard. But that's essentially what we had to do. So we ended up getting through this. We we talked through it. We listened to exactly the words the other person was saying and only their words. And it was, I mean, it was deeply traumatizing for both of us. It was really, really hard. Probably one of the hardest things either of us has ever done. But I felt like I was in a fucking horror movie. <laughs> or, I mean, an a nightmare. It was, it was so hard to believe. And of course, it would have been a lot easier to just believe my own senses and that she really is talking that way and she is crying and she is sounding like a baby. And it would be easier for her to believe her senses and believe that I am sounding crazy and standing really close to her and scaring her. Like, and then to be mad at each other and have that fuck up our friendship. Like, like not to toot our own horns, but I think that is what most people would have done. It was incredibly hard not to. We were able to get through it because we know each other, we love each other, we trust each other, and we decided to trust each other's words over our own senses and feelings. And now, I mean, she's still my roommate, she's still my best friend, but that was a reality-changing moment. That was a moment where we saw that we weren't living in the reality that we thought we were because that can't happen in the reality we thought we lived in. 
if the rules of reality are what I have always believed and what I have been taught and what basically everyone I know thinks they are, then that's impossible. But it happened and it happened multiple times and it happened multiple times with people I love and trust and I was able to really debrief these experiences with. And so I know it doesn't matter that it's impossible, it happened, so it is possible. So that means the rules of reality and what is possible are different than what we thought. Now this might be a scary thought, I don't know, but it's also a very freeing one because I'll tell you what, this lets you let go of a lot of your fucking trauma. You can let go of a lot of your hurt feelings and your anger towards other people if you recognize that maybe what happened in their reality is not what happened in yours. So even though that was your experience, your experience was real, their experience was different. And so although I, yes, I had the experience of my family member being cruel to me and talking to me in this really mean way, but she didn't do it. So it would be fucked up of me to be mad at her for that. So I am not going to be. The only thing I am mad at is whatever it is in the universe that made that happen. And I don't know. And I, I have theories and ideas and we'll talk about them. That's part of what this podcast is for. You know, we'll talk about that. That's part of what this podcast is for. But I don't have proof of exactly what is causing this phenomenon. I don't know for sure exactly why it is happening, but I know for sure in every way I am able to know something that this is happening. We are not all living in the same reality. We are not all seeing the same things and hearing the same things. We think we're living in the same reality, that there is some kind of objective reality, but there's not. It's impossible to be alive right now and not be aware of the pro-vax and anti-vax war that is going on. I mean, it's just a constant fucking culture war and like you can't go anywhere without people goddamn talking about it. And I know I keep saying, and we'll have an episode on this. We're going to talk about this. But once again, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about this. And I have an unusual perspective on COVID and the vaccine and I have an unusual experience. But so that means I don't really fit anywhere. And I have spent a fair amount of time reading a variety of perspectives. I won't say both sides because there are more than two sides. Um, I've wanted to understand where everyone is coming from. And honestly, I'm really fucking sick of hearing the same stuff from all sides, which is this accusation that people with the opposite belief from you on vaccines are in denial of reality or are in a mass psychosis. They think the same about you. There is no way to prove that one perspective is objective reality and the other one is a denial, especially denial. I don't like that because once again, that is assigning some kind of agency and intention where I don't think there is any. People aren't trying to live in different realities, they just do. And this is also where it doesn't work to be, you know, well, both sides have good points, both sides, you know, there's value to both sides. Well, not if you think that we live in one reality. If you live in the anti-vaxxers reality, where the COVID vaccines are, I'm not saying this is every anti-vaxxer, this is a one perspective, but if you think the COVID vaccine 
is a governmental mind control program, then pressuring people to take part in it and not standing up to it um, doesn't have merit. Like, no, that isn't someone that has a point. But if you think that the COVID vaccines are an important, necessary part of preventing the continuation and the spread of a deadly pandemic is saving people's lives from completely preventable suffering and death, then refusing to get it out of, you know, some dedication to personal liberty, that isn't valid. That doesn't have a good point. But the people you oppose are not living in your reality. They're living in theirs. And that doesn't make them crazy. And it doesn't make them wrong. Their reality is different. I think we would hate each other a lot less if we accepted that. I know there's resistance to this idea because people really like being right. They like having people to hate. They like having people to feel superior to. Those are the stupid people making the bad decisions. I'm the smart people making the good decisions. Yes, I intentionally used the wrong grammar for comedic effect. <laughs> but just give it a try. Try looking at the world from the perspective of we are all living in our own realities and we may not be seeing and hearing the same things. And see if the world makes more sense to you then. See if the things people are saying start to make more sense to you because I bet they will. A lot of what seems so crazy and nonsensical about the world doesn't seem so crazy and nonsensical when you go from the perspective of everyone is telling the truth about their reality. Maybe they're not being disingenuous. And let's say here, I'm not talking about like people who make money off of pushing a narrative. So let's not say like politicians and media moguls. I don't know what motivates those people. And so I don't want to say <laughs> that uh, they're all being genuine because definitely I don't think everybody is. I'm not that naive. <laughs> but like, especially just, just regular people, especially like people you know, people you love, try going from the starting point of they are being honest about their reality and so am I. And if, if you believe like I believe, that reality is a lot more complicated than we have been told, that there are a lot of things going on that don't conform to the rules of reality as we have been taught them, that there are things going on we don't know about, then all the information we can get about other people's view of reality is valuable. It's all data. If there is no one objective reality, then all they're really are our patterns. There can be commonalities, there can be overlaps, and there are sort of spheres of reality in which we can cohabitate, where we can, we can meet people on some common ground that we can find. But if we also consider that everybody is in their own reality and everyone is telling the truth about their experience of that reality, and if none of us can trust our senses, then my belief is everyone has a piece of the truth. Everyone has a piece of reality. And so, no, I don't think you can ever completely believe 
someone else, when they say this is the truth, these are the facts, this is reality, this is what it is, that's their reality. It doesn't mean it's yours. It doesn't mean it's everyone's. It doesn't mean it's objective. But when you start to assemble all the different realities into like one big mosaic, you start to get a big picture. You start to be able to see more of what is going on. You see patterns and you can get a better idea of what is actually happening to us as a collective. What are the parts of reality that we share? What is common to our experience? How can we get through this together? Where can we find common ground? Where can we assemble some of these realities? And I think this is really hard for people to do for a few reasons. First of all, everyone wants to trust their own mind. Everyone wants to trust their own senses. It's very destabilizing to not be able to do that. So everybody wants to. People like to be right. People are very precious over their feelings. If you have hurt feelings or you're angry or you don't like somebody, a lot of people, they will hang on to that to their own detriment forever. Even if it means punishing themselves, they will hang on to those negative feelings because they feel entitled to them. And they feel that to let go of them would be to be letting someone else off the hook. I think that's um, unwise and irrational, but <laughs> that's just me. There's also a... a more, I don't know, I suppose it's judgmental to say respectable reason, but I see it that way, that we all believe in things. We have things that are important to us. Beliefs that we feel are part of our identity, make up our worldview. Maybe we were raised with them. Maybe we've thought through them a lot. They're important to us. They mean something. They matter. We think that those things are true and right and we want them to be. It is very, very hard to be critical about the things you hold dear. It's very hard to examine your most deeply held beliefs, the things that are most important to you, the truths that feel self-evident to you. Almost nobody is willing to do that. It's very hard and sometimes devastating. It's like I can't really blame people for not wanting to do that. There's grief involved. And you now it takes a lot of self-reflection. You have to be able to look at yourself critically without like hating yourself, you know, be able to see where maybe you have been wrong or other people were right and you were also right. Maybe no one was wrong. <laughs> it makes the world a lot more complicated. And that is uncomfortable, painful, and hard. It can be it can be very alienating. It can mean you don't fit in anywhere. And like that is very true for me because I have, I, I've been forced to really confront everything I thought was true. I have been forced to really reevaluate all of my beliefs, my identity, everything most important to me. So I'm not saying like, I'm amazing because I did that because I really was pushed into it. Like I had those experiences I just told you guys about. I got so sick I almost died and I don't know why and no one knows why. I had things happen to me that I thought couldn't happen, weren't possible. And then, you know, some of the things I've come to believe, then people will be like, well, yeah, you know, I always knew that. 
But then they believe a bunch of stuff. I like I could tell you haven't investigated all of your own biases. You don't get to be on your high horse just because maybe you were right about this one thing. No. <laughs> we all have to do the hard, painful work. And maybe we all also get to be a little kinder to ourselves and each other by recognizing that there wasn't one truth to find. There wasn't one reality to agree on. So I, I understand why people are resistant to this. Also, it goes against our culture. This isn't something that uh, is normal in our culture. If anything, we're kind of praised for hanging on to our negative feelings. You know, just, you deserve better. You should be mad. Cut them out. Not, you should sit down and talk through this with them beat by beat, remembering that you love them and you know their character and figure out exactly where your experiences diverged. That is not normal. And maybe that is suspicious in itself. How come we are always discouraged from really sharing notes with each other? We're not supposed to really talk to each other about our feelings, our thoughts, our experiences. Why? It also, it requires a lot of control over your feelings. You have to have done a lot of work on yourself with your feelings. And that is not, you know, this is tough because everyone likes to pretend like that they're cold and not emotional because we have equated emotions with weakness and weakness with just bad <laughs> worthlessness. It's ridiculous. It's okay to have feelings. Everybody has them. But sometimes, like, your feelings will lead you astray. Sometimes your feelings are not sacrosanct. They are not the arbiter of truth. And they are not always going to lead you in a direction that is good for you. And sometimes your judgments will be wrong. Sometimes you're mad at somebody for something they didn't do. Like, you have to learn to reserve your judgments till you have more information. To take your hurt feelings and put them on a shelf until you find out more. And then if you think, yeah, no, I'm, I should have hurt feelings, then fucking have hurt feelings. <laughs> if you want, I guess. <laughs> I understand why not everyone is doing this. It is hard. It's hard to find people who will do it with you, who are able to, who want to, who see value in it, who aren't weirded out by it. I'm lucky in that I have really close relationships with people I really love and trust, who really love and trust me, who are willing to cast off the social rules and do stuff that is strange. <laughs> and I think that has help, helped me learn things about reality that other people haven't been able to because I have had that advantage. But I think a lot more people could do that. And so if you want to know for yourself if everything I've said is true, I think you can find out for yourself. You just have to be willing to pause look at things from a different angle, truly try and see someone else's experience, accept that your reality may not be the same as someone else's reality, and then just find out what their reality is and tell them what your reality is. I bet you're gonna fucking shit yourself when you find out how differently you have been experiencing some things from other people. And you know, after I, I had those, uh, those interactions that I, I told you guys about, I, I thought back to like other miscommunications I've had with people 
other people I uh, stopped being close with because I wanted to know, like, uh, when has this happened before? And I could see some stuff. You know, I started to play some stuff back and I thought about precise words that somebody had said to me. I had a friendship ending fight with somebody uh, and I don't have to get into the details of it. And also, this is pretty rare for me because I don't really tend to fight with people that much. Like, well, I do kind of on the internet, but not like in my real life. <laughs> also, I don't even start fights with people really on the internet. They just fight with me. And then I guess I fight back. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's complicated. I try not to. I really do. I just, um, I don't mind disagreeing with people, you know. I don't like being pressured to try to conform. So when people try to make me do that, I bristle. But it's not very often that I have like a fight with somebody and cut them out of my life. I almost never cut people out of my life. So I thought about this, this fight that I had because it was over like a moral thing. That's, that's my thing. I can get over like hurt feelings and stuff. But if you like cross a moral line and do something that makes me think you are not a good person, then I don't really want to be your friend anymore. And I thought about this fight that I'd had with this person. I thought about two things. I thought about the fight. And I also thought about this time back when we were still friends. And we had this one like incredible night where we really bonded and talked. And there was this one moment where we were like hugging and sobbing our eyes out and just staring so deep into each other's eyes and just sharing ourselves with each other. And I knew her. I knew her. I knew her character. I knew that she was a good person, that I loved her. She loved me. I knew that was real. I just wasn't willing anymore to let this miscommunication overshadow something that I, I knew was real. Because of course, then everyone tried to tell me that wasn't real. No, this miscommunication was real. You just thought she was a good person. You just thought you were real friends. But I looked deep into my heart and I, I just said, no those moments of human connection, those are real. I believe that. And so I thought about the fight that we had. And I remember one thing specifically that she said is, all I see is you doing blah, blah, blah. And this had been a ridiculous statement to me at the time. So I was like, what are you talking about? Like all this other stuff is going on, you know? And I just, I just thought about those words, all I see. And I thought, what if I take those literally and what if I believe her that all she saw was me doing this one thing that was abhorrent to her? And even though I saw all this other stuff and all that other stuff was absolutely apparent in my reality, what if it wasn't in hers? And so I just like, I took a chance and I reached out and I said, hey, you know, I've had a lot of weird <laughs> experiences lately, weird interactions. And I'm realizing that just sometimes things are happening that just push people apart for reasons that just, they're not real. And so I feel like your experience of our fight was probably really different from mine. And I just trust that. I just believe that probably you experienced that totally differently. And I probably was the bad guy in your experience of it. I don't know what, like, what was real and I don't really care because I love you. You're my friend. I care about you. I know that is real. And now we're friends again. Good friends. Because that fight was just a miscommunication. And our friendship was real. So like, you can let go of a lot of pain. You can heal a lot 
of broken friendships and relationships. And it does require, I guess, setting your ego aside. Ego, just, you don't need it. <laughs> You'll be okay without it. So even though it's hard to do this, to really accept that somebody else's reality was different and they were completely justified and in the right within their own reality, then I think you will be amazed at what you find, the truths that you find, and the peace. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I really hope you subscribe and uh, leave a five-star review if you liked it. If you didn't like it, just don't leave a review and just go listen to something else. <laughs> Please. Just accept, you know, if you didn't like my podcast, it's because I live in a different reality from you and in my reality, it's good. <laughs> I would love to hear if anyone has had similar experiences to this or, you know, just any kind of like personal thoughts, experience related to this, please email me at delphiapothecary at gmail.com. That's delphi, like the oracle of delphi, apothecary at gmail.com. And tell me all about it. Tell me if I can read it on the podcast. I will. You can follow me on social media at Erica Heidewald. I'm on Twitter and TikTok and occasionally Instagram. And I won't lie, it's weird to share all this stuff. This is like the most personal, strangest stuff I've ever gone through. And it feels weird to share it with strangers on the internet. I know it opens me up to people thinking I'm insane. Although, if you follow me on Twitter, you already have plenty of ammo in that department. But I think, I think that I had these experiences for a reason. I think that these realizations were important to me and they can be important to other people. And I really think that working together, sharing notes, sharing our realities, that's the only way we are going to start to put together the mosaic of what reality actually is and learn how to get through these hard times do what we were really meant to do on this planet, which I think is, I think we're meant for a lot more beautiful and wonderful things than what we're forced to spend our days doing most of the time. Well, from my reality to yours, goodbye. <laughs>